Hello, everyone. The intention for today's episode was for my very good friend May and I to share our spontaneous Costa Rica experience. But you know, whenever May and I sit down to talk, anytime, there's always three things that are guaranteed one, amazing company, two, lots of laughter. She brings it out of me. And three, it's like entering a cozy haven of deep conversations. And to let you all in on a little secret, with all my guests on this show, making them feel you know, comfortable and cozy is my top priority. So if we ever touch upon a topic that is a bit too personal or makes them a tad uneasy with sharing it with the world, I reassure them that we can always hit that gentle rewind button and try another path. But what's truly touching is that May wanted to share this episode with all of you because she knew her story could be a source of inspiration and support for other women facing similar struggles. And I couldn't be prouder of her bravery. In a fast-paced world, many of us struggle with overthinking and worry that leaves us feeling overwhelmed or stuck. In this podcast, we will hear stories of successful individuals and have conversations and ways to reach our true potential by embracing every micro detail of our identity, especially the flaws that make us unique. This is your host, Maria Grace Wolk. I'm a Filipina-American entrepreneur, psychotherapist, and mom of two boys. And my mission is to amplify diverse perspectives and experiences and inspire your journey to wellness and fulfillment. May, thank you so much for joining me. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Yes. Hi. First off, thank you so much for inviting me over to your podcast. Super excited when you asked me to be a part of your podcast. So for everyone else out there, my name is May, born and raised in San Jose, literally just turned 41 a couple days ago. And in addition to that, being a part of the corporate world and working for an awesome startup company called Spec, looking to do amazing things on customer journey management. And I am happily married with my husband, Jonathan Wong, and looking to grow family. Or we are going to grow a family. We are going to have a family. You are. Yes. May is the reason why we did this spontaneous trip to Costa Rica. And... Our friendship goes way back. I think we've known each other a long time, over 20 years, right? Over 20 years. And it was through our passion for Tahitian and Hula Polynesian dancing is what brought us together through Oteapi and Fremont. We've had other experiences in the past where our trips have been so amazing, including Tahiti. And we just never thought it could be topped. Right? Until yeah. until this year when we go until to Costa Rica. Hundred thousand percent. Yeah. And I I feel like very repetitive because almost every single person that I talk to, I'm like, oh my god, Costa Rica was the best. And then I just go off on a tangent, like outside of whatever conversation I had previously. And I'll just uh-huh. start talking about it. And yeah, it's it really was life changing for me. The initial reason why I wanted to go on on this trip to Costa Rica was one I knew because I was transitioning from one job to another so I had 
this one week of do anything. So because of that, I knew I wanted to go on a trip somewhere to really de-stress and to reset because I had been on this fertility journey for, I don't know, two, three years. And then in addition to that, it's, I was working at a very high level, super hostile and very toxic environment, which I knew was not good for my well-being, which is why I left. Like to answer your question, it was, yeah, it was to reset and it was to de-stress. The outcome of that was much more than that. Like I did not know, like then going to Costa Rica, it was so transformational for me. I didn't know, like what I learned about myself was I'm too much of a type A person. I didn't realize that. (laughs) And that was called out by a healer that I had met to uncovering or discovering how much trauma I have experienced in my childhood, but not only that, but like generations before me. So a lot of, I I didn't realize like how much emotional trauma I was experiencing or I had experienced and had stuck in myself and how much that I had let go. I wasn't trying to experience that in Costa Rica. Like, how did that, like, how did that, I wasn't, like, why would I all of a sudden, yeah, I want to learn about generational trauma, emotional trauma. Like that was not a trauma therapist as your roommate. Nothing to do with it. I just want it was just like I just want massages every day (laughs) like I didn't know that I was going to be coming into this trip and tapping into that about myself and that is something that I learned and it was nice to be able to after each session we had or an experience we have a treatment that we have we get to process it with each other I think that was helpful because it locks it in therapy thing that we do like journaling right? Yeah. To lock the experience yeah. in, you talk about it or you write about it. And then we had each other to yes. kind of talk about it. Yeah. And that was it. It felt so good. That felt so good. Yeah. And it was awesome to share that with someone, especially with you. Post-trip, now I'm tapping that into that even more, like tapping into my subconscious and how much that has affected me or can affect me. And what can I do about it to help me be a better person? you know? Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's beautiful. Yes. And prior to that, like where we ended up like reconnecting in Santa Cruz. Yes, yes, led, that's right. Like, which mm-hmm. kind of led to us like going to Costa Rica. Like what were the odds? I, it was, it was just a random weekend where my family and I just decided let's do, let's just do a weekend getaway to seascape in Santa Cruz. And it's been a while since we've been there and we forget about this place. We forget about how beautiful it is. Yeah. So I rem- so. It was this past February, and I remember, like, Johnny and I have been on this fertility journey, and it's been about three years, or maybe a little more than three years, and I, on the day of my embryo transfer, I had an embryo transfer around that time frame, and unfortunately, it did not, it was not successful, and I remember being very heartbroken shattered as another disappointment and my husband was like well let's go somewhere for the weekend to just relax and it was seascape and what were the odds that you would also be there too and it was awesome to 
to see you and talk to you because we haven't seen each other in so long. But it was just so refreshing to see you and to see you there at Seascape and really catching up on life. And like three weeks later, we're like going to Costa Rica together. Like, <laughs> what? Right? It, was, it was like God was speaking to, uh, to each other at that moment and just wanted the both of us and knew that the both of us would be going on this amazing trip to Costa Rica because mm-hmm. it's something that we needed but didn't know that we really needed and it's still a trip that I will forever talk about my friends and family are probably annoyed by me how, <laughs> how much I talk about Costa Rica but it's it really was a life-changing trip slash experience ever and it's equally as life-changing as the one that the one that we went to in Tahiti where we spent like the whole summer in Tahiti. Like what could talk that? That was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, We were uh, totally in a different place in our lives then, but that experience was also just as amazing because we get to do what we love, dance and. Yeah. So, so much fun. And it it was really awesome to, yeah, to just catch up right on, on life. And it's funny because I remember the one question that you asked me on that when I saw you at CDC was like, well, how are you doing? Right. I'm like, I'm fine, except I just, this just happened to me, right? Like with IVF and for anyone who's listening and who has been on a fertility journey, it's not easy. It's very emotional. It's draining. It's, it has, it just has so much heaviness in you, like whether it's emotionally, physically, mentally, all those things. And that is what I was experiencing that weekend but at the same time I was like trying to feel okay and and being hopeful and how like during our like one-on-one in Santa Cruz I remember the question you're asking me was like how are you feeling like I'm fine and but I'm like going through my fertility journey and then later to find out like I learned that I wasn't really fine I'm like I'm okay but really deep down I really wasn't because after discovering all these things about me that I didn't even really know existed, like how did in an hour was able to help me release all these things I did not know I had in me. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> later to find out it was like me during the trip in, of Costa Rica. I was like accepting it. Like, no, I, I was not okay. I'm not okay. So, but after that, it was, I was so happy. I was such a happy person out of that trip. Like, it, and, yeah. I feel, and the more I think about it, I'm like, no, I should, I want to be more open just because a lot of women aren't open about it because there is like this negative connotation to it, but you should be more open to it because it is common yeah. and all the feelings that I feel are all very valid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do want to talk about it because it is, it's a thing. Right. Even your process of deciding to share it. Yeah. And may I think that you sharing is making a difference. So thank you for being so genuine and open. Yeah, I think, yes, yes. You know, and I do want to talk about it because I, yeah. learning to let go and what I learned like on, on the trip, right, to Costa Rica was like, I didn't realize I was always trying to be like, oh, this perfect person. Or I always like, why do I need to be perfectionist? Or why do I need to accomplish all these things? in life. And I think for me, I've always kept it 
in me, like with my fertility journey is because mm-hmm. sharing it, it to me, it felt like I, I didn't feel accomplished or like mm-hmm. that I'm not perfect, but in actually, I mean, that's just what it is. And I was embarrassed about it. You know, I still listen, like I'm getting emotional about it right now, but that's what it is. But then when I, now that I'm talking about with more people about my fertility journey, like when it is like one-on-one, like me and you, like when we mm-hmm. talk about it, I'm open it. I'm open, more open when I talk about it. And when I'm talking about it with people, I'm catching myself saying more women should talk about it. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, you know what? I should be more open talking about it too. Like even publicly, because it's a thing. Yeah. And it's not easy. Yeah, I love that. I'm I'm happy that you're at that spot because that means you're feeling really empowered and you know yeah. that it's there's nothing wrong with you. I yeah. even want to say that it's got it our culture has a lot to do with our conditioning, yes. right? Because yeah, you're just reacting. You're behaving in a in a normal way based on abnormal situations where we were taught to always strive for perfection because they're so proud of you when you are. Yeah. And it feels good. As children, we just know what makes our parents happy. And that is they don't realize they are conditioning us to want to attain that, to feel loved. I will say that I give it up to like my mom though, Mm -hmm. because when I do share my moments about my fertility, like my mom is, she's so supportive. She's, it's okay. Don't don't let whatever like other people are telling you or making you feel like when it's time. And I'm like, okay. So she, like at the same time, my mom, like, even though like when we were younger, when I was younger, like we were conditioned to get good grades. And and because like when I would get good grades, like my mom would tell the whole world. She's so proud. proud. And so, because like when she would do that, I'm like, oh my God, I have to like, I I have to be that person because she's telling everyone like I have good grades so now I constantly always have to have good grades because now there's this standard or my mom has set the standard for me that I set for myself but she said set it for me but yeah anyways I don't know where I was going with that well yeah I mean I think I know where you were going like it's not really our parents fault either right because our parents are just cycling through the same probably the same parenting that they got yeah. where it's really all rooted from fear. They want you to get good grades so you can get a good job and you can get a good career so you can have money because money is safety. And a lot of Filipinos came from poverty and poverty is trauma. So yeah. because that's ingrained in them and you learn that it's generational trauma, it's somewhere in their genetics that they fear yeah. poverty. They're going to make sure that the people that they love so much doesn't fall into poverty. They have to do what they can to make sure they get good grades so they can get a good job so they can belong in the society where, you know, being successful and being rich is a way to be safe. It's really just love. It's just the way for them to show love to be self-aware is the way to really uh, break those generational trauma Trauma. that keeps repeating. For sure. For sure. And I'm glad that you have gotten to this point where you are feeling like this is me this is what I can do it's like using your own power 
Yeah, exactly. And even and what else was transformational for me is I am now more, even more self-aware and more in tune with my feelings versus my subconscious and not knowing what I'm feeling. Now I'm just like all up in my feelings. <laughs> and I... <laughs> It's that or maybe because like now I'm also getting older because now I just turned 41 and you're just a little bit more wiser. And older. <laughs> I'm just like all up in my feelings. But I love that about myself. And not only am I Filipino, but also I'm an only child. So even as growing up as a Filipino child, it's it was it was disrespectful. It was always very disrespectful if I were to yell back at my parents if I got in trouble. And so in the event when I would get in trouble, I had no one to turn to. Like I couldn't yell back at my parents. I couldn't yell at anybody. I couldn't vent to anybody because back then it was just me. I had my cousins, but it's not like I I could easily had a, it's not like I had a cell phone at the time and just like text somebody or call somebody right away. I had, I would have to keep all my feelings to myself. So then growing up, in the event, I always kept feelings to myself. And that's something that I learned probably recently, maybe like in the last 10 years, I've learned that about myself is that I just always kept my feelings to myself subconsciously and not learning how to really express my feelings out, like outside of me because I've been wired to keep everything in. Yeah, like it's your job to just, keep it together. Do you remember as a child when let's say you're upset and you're sad about something? What do you think about yourself at the time? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. That's a good question. Like how are you feeling? I'm obviously sad or like frustrated, but then I think it's like to the point where I'm just now numb. So anything that comes or would come in it was just like, okay, well, I'm mad. And then it would just like tap it. It would just like subconsciously, I have no idea. Disappear? It would just disappear. <laughs> exactly. It would just disappear. So, so in some ways, shape or form, it's also like subconsciously building thick skin where it's like, it, it no longer bothers me, but subconsciously it is. Yeah. Oh, it's, it is that Filipino culture where it, you really are built and trained to have really thick skin. So anything that does come at me or come at like anybody, it's like it, it also would never phase me, wow. which is, it's like, it's weird. I don't, yeah, I've talked about it with like my cousins too. Like when like our cousins are like get together and everyone like makes fun of each other or like just does all these things we are wired where it doesn't phase us consciously, but I think subconsciously, it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. kind of builds up. We've learned to label ourselves that because it's like we're feeling something, but yet we're not supposed to. So we push it away or we feel yeah. like something is wrong with us if we're feeling sad, like we're not supposed to feel we're sad. To feel sad. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because what would you do with that feeling? And sometimes they're so strong and you cry and maybe you hide in the bathroom and then you, that's when you start hiding yourself and then you start hiding your true identity, right? Because then you feel like I cannot show up as myself. So I have to mask myself every time I'm in social settings. And when you're masking yourself so much, you start to lose who you are. And that's when you grow up in this world feeling, what the hell do I want? What is, well, how am I feeling? Like we start becoming so out of tune with our emotions. We don't know what that means. Like when we feeling this way, what looks like you can't describe it when your feelings are dismissed and your sadness are dismissed, you start to internalize that as it's not okay. So then you grow up with no emotions and then start questioning why I, because I mean, it's still there. It's you're just there. not acknowledging it. And it's, you're right. just ignoring these parts of you that wants to come out. And eventually right. they're gonna hold a tantrum. They're gonna try yeah. to come out in other ways, anger, jealousy. It's going to be, it's expressed differently. And yes. it's expressed in ways that are more accepted. Like anger is more accepted than sad in our culture yeah. for some reason. It's, it's okay to be angry. So I feel like that's where I went, instead of being sad, I got angry. My way of coping was to be angry. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy. Yeah. And I see that. Like, I see that with, yeah, I see that with a lot of Filipinos for sure. Oh, yeah. Or just Asian culture. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's sad. And it's sad when I see kids, when I see it and when I see a situation happening and it's just, don't cry, stop crying. I just can't. And it's hard because nobody wants to be told how to parent their own child, buddy. And I get it. So it's sometimes it's really hard for me to just. Yeah. Because then they're trained to be like, oh, so crying is bad. I can't cry. Even though I want to intern, but even though I want to cry, but now I'm not allowed to cry because that's not a good thing, which it also sucks too. Yeah. And then it gets built up and then your body gets stuck under threat stress mode you're always stuck in stress mode and then you start building all those cortisol and things that you don't want in your body and you're not going to be able to sleep because you have all that building up and then you and then it becomes physical illness and then you get sick and then things it just yeah it all starts within (laughs) yes yes but yes I love that we're talking about this will become like a two-part series yeah no for sure so then for part two Let's, let's pick ones that we are going to discuss, like Ayurveda, sound healing, crystal healing, all of that. So yes. Oh my God. There's so much to talk about. (laughs) So good. Yeah. I'll talk about, I did not know I was going to come out crying five times. I did not know that it was going to be life-changing and now it's a forever trip that will both hold forever in our hearts. And we will definitely say more on that on the part two of this episode so please stay tuned for that next episode it should come out shortly and just want to say thank you so much to my friend may for being incredibly brave to share her journey while still in the midst of it all it takes an immense strength to open up about something so vulnerable and challenging and I just truly admire your honesty and vulnerability 
but your willingness to share can be a source of inspiration for others going through similar struggles. And may those of you listening who resonates with my friend May, I hope that you too find it in your heart to know that you are not alone. If you resonate at all with the stories on this podcast, and you're thinking about a change in your current situation, in your career, in your relationship, or maybe even in yourself, what's holding you back from taking the first step? Find out by taking the What's Your Biggest Self-Sabotage quiz that you can find on my website at mariagracewolf.com. Until next time, stay kind and own your journey. Thank you again for your time today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review. I would so appreciate it. The high rate and reviews will help others find the podcast so we can amplify, normalize, and break the mental health stigma. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host or the guest are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one. This podcast does not substitute for personal professional services.